You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am so excited about this episode with Tolly. I reached out to her, totally cold outreach. I was in London for work, and I was like, if I can just get an interview with Tolly, I'll be so happy. So I've been a huge fan of her podcast, The Receipts. It's her and two other girls, Milena and Audrey. They're so funny. It's so fun. It's so relatable. It's just girl talk in a room. They answer questions from listeners, which were always hysterical. And I just always loved her personality. So I figured, okay, if I can get some time with Tolly and share her with the Naked Beauty listeners, who I think you guys are going to love her as much as I do, then what do I have to lose? So I reached out. She was so sweet. She was so sweet. And she met me at Wardour Studios where we recorded this episode and just had such a laugh. I think you guys are going to really appreciate her perspective on just how beauty standards and fashion and style and all those things change based on where you're living in the world and what's influencing you. The way women in London self-present is entirely different from the way women in, let's say, Los Angeles do. And I really enjoyed getting into that conversation with her. And yeah, it's just good fun. It's good fun. And it was also for me just a great reminder that if you look up to someone in any way, if there's someone that you admire, just reach out to them. You really have absolutely nothing to lose. Worst case scenario, they won't respond. And it's probably because they're just too busy. It's not even something to take personally. But we talk about more than just style and beauty. I learned about a level of racism in the UK that I just didn't, maybe it's just my American ignorance. I didn't realize it was quite so bad abroad too. There's a lot here. So I think you guys will enjoy. I just wanted to say thank you all for listening, for supporting the show, for rating, for reviewing, for subscribing, for telling your friends, for taking screenshots. I appreciate every single thing that you guys do to help grow the naked beauty community. And I just hope that you're enjoying it. That's really why I do it. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. Let's get into the episode. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. 
experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, so Talani Shanai of The Receipts Podcast, but you're also a writer and you've been at a lot of different places. BuzzFeed, I know you were at for a while and now you're like just kind of doing freelance stuff. Yeah, just going around the industry, seeing what I can do basically. Yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah, that is me. Do you know what? It's really weird because I feel like nobody calls me Talani anymore. Everyone's like, Tolly, Tolly. Tolly. And I'm just like, oh, I still like Talani. Like, that's, yes. still, that's still my name. And I guess it was when I first started the podcast, I referred to myself as Tolly, which I still do refer to myself as Tolly. Because again, I wanted to separate it. I was yes. like, okay, I'll have the podcast, Tolly, yeah. and then have the professional when I'm writing stuff as Talani. But it's all merged. So it's fine. I'm like pleased with it now anyway. So yes. it's good. It's like two different identities. It's nice. <laughs> and so having the Receipts podcast, yeah. do you feel like it gives you more empathy for women? Oh my God, yes. Because I feel like that with Naked Beauty. Like I feel yes. like every woman I see on the street, I can like look at them and understand like your hair, your skin. Like it's a whole thing. And every time I go deep with women on it, like over time, it's yeah. allowed me to understand women in a whole new way. I think it's empathy and also like, oh, you're probably not that different to me. Yes. Or you probably have a lot of experiences that I've had. Because I feel like growing up, I felt like a lot of my experiences were isolated and it was only me that was going through mm-hmm. this heartbreak and it was only me that was going through that hated her body. It was only me. Everybody else was happy. Mm-hmm. And like with doing the podcast, what I do with two other women who I know they're ins and outs, so I'm very aware that they're very much like me. And we do episodes called Your Receipts, which is where we have our listeners yes. send us like letters and dilemmas. So and all of it's like, oh my God, like, we're all going through the same thing. Yeah. Like, wow, a lot of our experiences are so familiar, familiar, regardless of where we grew up or whatever it is so familiar. Like we had my friend Dorian, um, Dorian on the podcast and she was talking about like men and dating in LA. And I was like, oh my God, this is an international problem. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just thought yeah, it was just London, yeah, but this yeah. drought is worldwide. Yes. And it's just like, oh, yes. okay. Yeah, Darian's been on my podcast. Yeah, I was on hers. She's amazing. Shout she out to is. Darian. One of the things that I'd love to hear your perspective on is, and I think the reason I was so attached to the receipts is because it was three women of color yeah. doing a podcast. Podcasting was so male dominated. Yes. So then to be a woman, one, and then to be a woman of color, and then yeah. to do it on your own and like edit. Now I get editing help, which is great. And now Amazing. we're like in this lovely studio. <laughs> but a lot of my episodes I still record at home. And yeah. it's, it's a grind and you don't, like no one gets into podcasting to make money. Oh, because there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. learned that quite early on. Yeah, I mean, eventually other things will come out of it, yes. but in terms of just doing yeah. it. And it's a lot of hours and I think people don't realise how consistent you have to be with it. Mm-hmm. I think it does seem, oh, this is quite an easy thing to do. You get a mic and you talk into it, no. but it's actually not. And there's been times where like, oh, we're recording today and every single part of me would rather do anything else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than record. Yeah. Like yeah. there is nothing else like, less that like, I want to do in that moment. But then you go in there and you, I mean, it comes naturally as well because you're talking to your girls and it kind of like, you get you out of that bad mood. But it's kind of like, it is a lot of work and it is a lot of, 
I had to learn this quite early on. I, and I guess because of the format of our podcast, I opened myself up, like I was like, here I am. Yes. In like my rawness. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And like that took quite a lot for me to do initially. And sometimes it does take a lot for me to do as well. But it's like I understand the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And I see that my rawness allows other people to feel raw and feel seen as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's what I'm going to have to take to kind of make this yeah. a safe space and make these people feel like they can be raw and they can be honest. Because like, I've learned a lot about myself doing the podcast. Like the podcast has definitely allowed me to be audaciously myself. Mm. Mainly because audacious me has been accepted. So yes. me in my rawness has been accepted. So it's kind of given me the confidence. Like, oh my God, it's okay to right. be you and right. not have this performance. Because right. I felt like a lot of the time I was quite performative. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm meant to do this and I'm meant to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, I act like this because yeah. I'm in this space yeah. now. I'm now like, oh, I'm me regardless of the space I am in because... I'm tired of performing. Yeah. And the podcast definitely allowed me to see that and to do that. That's one thing I'm always grateful for that. Oh my God. And I say it all the time and I'm like being thankful about it because I'm just like, you guys that listen and the people that listen have just like accepted me. And this is me. There's, there is no acting to it. And I'm like, it's just like, oh, well, that's nice. Like, yes. Thank you. And you bring that into other areas of your yeah, life. Absolutely. I think the other thing that's really important to communicate is because a lot of people will be like, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know and I don't have the right material. It's yeah. like you just start it and just then you look it. up and then before you know it, you're like, oh, I have a podcast. Yeah. It's like you just will it to be so and so it's so and so by doing it over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. I get honestly, I get DMs and emails all the time. How do you start a podcast? And I was just like, start. Honestly, just yeah. start. Like, yeah. Honestly, yeah. just start yeah. it because, like, we kind of like we didn't have to start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We didn't know. We learned stuff. I used a lot of YouTube to learn how to edit. Mm. I used friends that knew how to edit, come yeah. around and teach me how to edit. Yeah. So it's not something that's like you need to prepare for it in ten years. And I think sometimes we use preparation as a way to not do something. Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm just researching. I'm just you know what you want to do. Yep researching is just buying you time and wasting your time. Just start it. And I do that all the time. Just do some research. And it's like, no, just do (laughs) it. Just do it. Just do it. So you must get recognized on the street. Like you're a bit of a celeb. It's got really weird now. (laughs) How is that for you? Because one of the weirdest times was, it was, I guess it was one of our live shows. So I was quite late. So I came out of the cab and there was a queue of people waiting to go in already. And people were like, oh, gasp. So I turned the band like, oh my God, who's here? <laughs> like, like, and then who, you're is like, who is it? Who is it? I was like, oh, me? Like, your costume is me. It was really, really weird. And me and my sister look alike a lot. And she was at a party. So I went up to her and was like, oh my God, are you Tolly's sister? She was like, what? Like, that happens to my husband. And he gets, he's, he's like, women come up to me at bars and they're like, you're Brooke's husband. And he's like, yes. Yeah. Good though, because you've got eyes everywhere in the exactly. city. So it's exactly. Like, yeah, Don't all even of my think about. Are watching you. Yeah, everyone's watching. Yes, yes. <laughs> She's nice. Do you feel like now that you are kind of in the spotlight, you have to develop like a consistent, like personal look? Oh, right. Okay. So I, I get caught slipping, and by, by saying get caught slipping, <laughs> it's just like looking like crap. Often. Oh, today I I woke up this morning and I I think I feel the ugliest I felt in a long you time look today. Amazing. Your skin is oh, great. Thank you. I'm this... so sleep deprived. Oh, like no, my no, hair no. is not behaving. I can't tell. Okay. Only only you're okay. there that you, you look amazing. I feel like not really because I'm still going to work mm. and. I feel, like, I feel like that's rich people's problem. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Once I get yeah. to that level of richness, I'd yeah. be like, okay, cool, maybe I need to like get this look that I look on point yeah. all the time. But Hans, like, I remember it was so funny. I was in this like cheapy clothes shop and this girl came and he listened to the podcast. She was like, oh my God, hi. I said hi to her. She's really lovely. And then she was like, I'm so surprised that like, you shop in a space like this because of the podcast. 
And I said, I was like, do you pay to listen to the podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> do you and she was like, no, I don't pay. So I was like, so that means I'm yes. not getting money from it. So that means yes. I still need to be in this cheapy shop <laughs> yeah. because I'm not there yet sort of thing. But yeah, I don't feel, no, I don't feel pressured to look away. I'm very much, I've thankfully given the world the real version of me. So I don't feel like I have to live up to an image of myself that I built up. Mm. Like I've always been like, oh, a lot of the times during the week I don't wear makeup because I can't really be bothered right. or I'd rather sleep a bit longer right. or like I Instagram a lot without makeup on. Right. So it's kind of like you're kind of used to this version of me mm-hmm. rather than putting me on this kind of pedestal that's always made up because that's really not it. Right. And I just don't have the energy for that. And I'm kind of like, I have learned to make myself feel comfortable in looking at myself without makeup. And I want that to be something that everybody gets used to. I don't want it to be, a, oh, she looks different. Do you know what I mean? I just want it to be my face and I just want people to be used to it and I get used to it as well. That's, I think that's great because then you don't have this impossible standard that you always exactly. have to maintain. Yeah. And when I look nice, I want people to say, oh my God, you look nice. I like that right. reaction. <laughs> right. Well, you talk a lot on the show about your African upbringing. I do. And I would love to hear a little bit more about how you grew up. So I was born in London. I was born in New York General Hospital, which is in East London. And then I was taken back to New York. It's weird because I say taken back as if I belong there. there. (laughs) But I was taken to Nigeria, which is where my parents are from. And I lived there till I was about seven or eight. So I went to school there. Where in Nigeria? Lagos. Okay. Yeah, I went. It's a place called Mafuluku, which I don't even know why anybody would know that, but that's that's what it was called. And I went to a, sec- a primary school called Ewenla, which means big leaf. Okay. <laughs> don't know why. It was really, really interesting. It's really weird. My Nigerianism is so ingrained in me. Mm. Like it is who I am through and through. I always say that I knew I was Nigerian through. I knew I was black. Mm. Because obviously, like growing up in Nigeria. Everybody was black. Right. So there was, I was not, I was on the other. I didn't realize that I was different. I just right. knew that I was Yoruba and I was Nigerian because that's how we othered ourselves. Yes. Like, are you Ibo, you also Yoruba. I was mm-hmm. a Yoruba and I knew. And what is the difference? Excuse my ignorance because oh, I don't really fully a, follow it. It's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like you're British, but you're from Scotland, you're from Ireland, or you're from England. Got it. The okay. aspects of it. Okay. So Yoruba's, yeah, yeah, I think that's how we can say it. So Yoruba's, Ibo's, and also to speak different languages. There's different, okay. different aspects of Nigeria as well, but those are the three, like, okay. massive ones. And, yeah, we speak different languages. Our cultures are, are quite different. We have different types of food, but we're all Nigerians, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I knew I was Yoruba. I knew that. And, like, even when I came to this country, my mum, for example, she wouldn't. She was, com- we had to learn Yoruba. Mm. Like we had, so we would be at home and we would ask for something. And if we asked for her for it in English, she would be like, I don't know what you're saying. Mm. And so we had to ask for it in Yoruba. When did you come back to the so UK? So I came back to here when I was eight. Eight, okay. About seven, eight, yeah. So up until eight years old, you're surrounded by all Black people. Yeah. What did that, because one of the things that I'm always so curious about is how much my identity was formed by being other, right? Uh, yes. Even yeah. at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. being aware of that. Yeah. Do you feel like your self-perception or your idea of what's beautiful is different because you had that? Yeah, maybe. Because I I never, not until I was, so when I moved to London, I moved to East London and not until I moved to Essex where I was the only black girl in a school. How many, how many girls were in your class that you were the only oh, one? Oh, there was, so a classroom is about 30 people. I was the only black person. Oh, wow. In yeah, the entire yeah, yeah, class. Yeah, 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 in the entire class. And that's like 30 odd people. And probably like, probably there's probably like three of us in the whole school. Oh, God. Yeah, so when I first moved to Essex. <laughs> so that was when I really realized, because when I lived in East London, it's quite, there's a lot of black people there anyway. Mm. So it's fine. I didn't feel other, all of my close friends were black. So it was, and so it was then. I think that was the first time I ever felt like, oh, am I uglier because I'm black? 
Mm. That was a fair, before that, thankfully, because of how my mum is, she's always brought us up to be like, you are beautiful, you are stunning. Again, it's probably like a Nigerian arrogance thing that who's better than you can be, how dare anybody try <laughs> to be better than you? Like, yes. of course you are the best. So that's kind of been my upbringing. So it was only to then that I was like, oh, and then I remember that was when someone like first mentioned me having big lips. And oh. I was like, I wasn't aware that I had big lips right, before that. Right. And it was like, oh, look at your bubble lips. Look at your big lips. And oh. I was just like, and these girls probably have injections today. Do it now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it was kind of like, oh, I didn't realize I had big lips. Okay, this is a thing that I have to accept now sort of thing. Thankfully, I'm quite confident and I've got a big mouth on myself. And also, probably quite bad. I was like, you know what? If I can show that I can beat anyone up, no one can say anything bad about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, if I scare them oh to God. believe that you literally cannot talk bad about me and kind of like, be, I guess it's like, I've never even been to prison. It feels like prison mentality <laughs> of like, I have yeah. to be the head of here. here. Yeah. So once I'm the head, no one messes with me sort of thing. So I kind of like stated my claim very early on. I was like, oh, I will fight. Like yeah. if if that's what we have to do, yeah. that's what we have to do. So yeah. I quickly took on the role of the strong black girl. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and I guess that role leads to so many other problems growing up as well. But I took on that role very quickly and I was like, you can't talk about me because let's walk. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm not going to go home gonna and be. cry. Yeah, exactly. You'll and go home crying. Also, yeah. I couldn't go home and cry because I remember once going home to my mum and be like, oh, mum, someone hit me. And I was crying. And she was like, so what did you do when they hit you? I was just, and I was just crying. And she was like, you're very mad. Like, so you're coming home and telling me someone hit you. You didn't tell me, like, you, you hit them, hit them back. back. Because the mentality was, if someone hits you, you go back, so you hit, you hit them, them back. back. Harder. That was, yeah, that was the mentality. Yeah. I remember she got called into school once as well because I hit someone. She Someone hit me and I hit them back. And then they called her into school. And I was like, this is not a problem because my mum, I'm, I'm not going to get in trouble. Go ahead, call she her. Told me, she told me this. So she gets into school. And they're like, yeah. I looked at her I was like, well, mama, you told me that if someone hits me, I should hit them back. <laughs> And she's just like quiet. And I'm just like, well, you you, you did. I'm sure this happened to you. Did you ever hear you're pretty for a black girl? Oh, abs- oh gosh. In Essex. I have this memory in my head. So I was in a friend's house. So I moved to Essex and I'd made friends, thankfully. And I was in my friend's house. I was in the garden. She was a white girl. And we were just making daisy chains. You guys know daisy yes, chains? Yes, yes. Just in the garden making daisy. It was it's such a cute, innocent thing. And this woman, her mum comes in. And her mum says, hi. And then she sees me. She's like, oh, Hi. And I was like, oh, hi, because SSA used to pick us up after school. So I was like, hi. And then she says to my friend, she's like, oh, she's pretty for one of them. <gasps> yeah. One of them. Wow. It was, it was the one of them. So that was the first time I'd heard it. And then like... How did you perceive it? Because I think growing up, I, I never took it as a compliment. I always knew it was wrong. I did. But I don't think I... I never corrected. I never used it as a teachable yeah. moment. I never. was just like, thank you. Like, Not until I got older that yeah. I was like, wait, that's yeah. quite... Because I remember also at secondary school or... You took it as a compliment. I did. I'll mm. be honest. Like, I was really ignorant. Yeah. I was very much asleep. And like, cute white boys would say to me, oh, I don't really like white black girls, but you're all white, you mm. are. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like a little dick. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean... I mean, thanks. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm... So, and I did kind of take it as some sort of wayward compliment and I guess thinking about it now I knew I didn't know I didn't know any better and I was I was the black girl that like the white guys liked as well so this is quite cool sort of thing I mean it wasn't many white guys that liked him but the few that did it was like oh thank you sort of thing yeah and I think it took me like probably like college when you're about 17 that was oh wait yeah. a minute so is that like high what's high school for do you so, guys have I'm, I get so confused yeah so we have primary school which is 5 to 11 and you have okay. secondary school which is 11 to like one is 5 years no I think it's 10 
to it's about our 15. middle school. Yeah, those are like the most awkward, yeah. the most awkward years of your life. And then you have college, which is two years, you're sixteen to got eighteen. It. Got it. And then you have university, got it. eighteen to okay. where okay. you, you finish, okay. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's how. So it was about seventeen, eighteen, where I kind of like started having friends outside of school. Mm. Started having black friends and like speaking to my older sister, and kind of maybe started realizing what growing up as a black woman meant for me now. Because I was outside of this circle of like, oh, just friends that are nice to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like when we did move to Essex, we faced a lot of racism and we had like, it was awful because we were like the first black family on our street. We had people at like, burst our mom's four tires and we get eggs thrown at us. Oh my gosh. Like, and uh, like for people that don't know you, you're young. It's not yeah, like yeah. this is like the 70s. Oh, no, no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. This, no. Like this, is, yeah, this is not that long ago. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so it was awful. And we were like all women. It was me, my mum and my two sisters. So we kind of had like, there was no one protecting us mm. or anything like that. So it, it was a very weird time for us. And I remember coming home once and they, had like written the n-word on our welcome <gasps> mat so do you know you did the welcome home they'd written that Tally. in there yeah it was probably like oh my god i remember like being because i so i live in essex and dagenham which is like relatively racist i mean it's coming down now but there was a point where there's a political party called bmp which british national party who are just renowned for being racist okay like the republicans yeah the i think <laughs> not probably even more blatantly but, okay yeah. probably yeah probably a bit more blatantly and at one point they won in Dagenham, just mm. to give you an idea of how racist Dagenham was at the time. So yeah, like we'd been attacked, we had things thrown at us. So it was it was oh. a really weird time, and I think if anything, it just it really brought out the fighter mode in me. Mm. And that's yeah, that's what it's brought out. And I realised that I have to like go into that mode quite often, mm. which is quite sad. Right, because as a young girl, you should be able to be vulnerable. Yeah, and you should exactly. be able to be a young person that's yeah. carefree yeah it was weird because there was a moment that switched so we used to have all of that and then one time my uncle came around and he caught one of the like men trying to like do something to my mom's car or something and he like chased this guy and had a proper work like what are you doing like when and honestly since that day we were like taken in <laughs> it was like don't mess with them because yeah. if he comes around again you'll be in trouble sort of thing it was a really weird thing because the kids of my age were fine it was the adults Mm. that had this weird problem. It was a really, really interesting, and I live in a close, so it's kind of like where you live when you have a family because your kids run around and it feels safe. But for a long time, it didn't feel safe for us at all. But later on, it got fine. They kind of like got used to us. And now a lot more black families have moved in and the white racist ones have kind of left. (laughs) Which happens a lot, to be fair. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Progress, (laughs) progress. Growing up, did you feel, like when you looked in the mirror, were you yeah. like, I'm a cute girl? Like, were you aware that you were attractive? Or was it something that came later? And like, I always wonder about how male attention impacts our perception of ourselves yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think I remember growing up and I loved getting my hair done. Mm, like getting it straightened, so braided? Again, no, my mum used to braid our hair for us. Again, so I've, I think I've probably taken it from being in school in Nigeria where we had to change our hair every week. Wait, you had uniform. to? Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. So what? they gave the girls a hairstyle that they had to wear. So it was like, oh, braid it up, braid it down. So we, we all the girls oh had the same gosh. hairstyle in school. We changed it every week to look neat and presentable. So I was always used to that getting my hair done. Mm-hmm. And even now I change my hair very often. I guess it's still in me. And my mum, you'd like, had, we are such a like woman dominated family. I've got three sisters, loads of women cousins, girl cousins. So mum will take turns doing each of our hair. So it like everyone would hate getting their hair done because you could hear all the other kids playing. I really loved it. 
Yeah. I really enjoyed getting my hair done. So I'd get my hair done. And I remember every time I'd had like freshly came rolled, I would look in the mirror and think, oh my God, I'm so pretty. <laughs> like I used to always think that. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so pretty. I was like, <laughs> I can't even remember feeling like, oh, I'm not that pretty. So, oh my God, I'm really pretty, I'm really pretty. Male attention did change it for me massively because I, I I always say this story of this guy in secondary school calling me a butterhead, mm. which means everything but her head. Yeah. And I was just like, that was when I was like, wait, am I ugly? And that was before that. I'd never thought about it. Did you develop early? Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So I had thighs. I had boobs. I had a little yeah. bum on me as yeah. well when I was about thirteen. So oh my I kind of like so jealous. Yeah. So I had I all of that ne- quite early. That, so it yeah. was really weird. It was a really weird time, and it was like I was suddenly like sexualized by the guys my age. And, probably, and you're only thirteen. Yeah, and probably exactly. by older men, which is disturbing. Which, but that's yeah. a, that's. And I've I kind of like in terms of the guys in school, I feel like I played into it. Hmm. In terms of like, okay, cool, I've got a body. This is cute. Yeah. So you like, were doing the push-up bra, like you were. I wasn't because I wasn't okay. allowed to. Okay. Oh, my mum would. Oh, my mum did not play. Okay. She was like, strict. My mum was very strict, okay. and as soon as my mum realised things like that, she was like, "Nope, yeah. we are raining that yeah. in sort of thing." Even I wasn't. Even I remember I used to sneak to use lip gloss. <laughs> my mum would be like excessive with Vaseline and like use Vaseline on my face I'm like I don't want to be shining I remember like patting it down and just go out of my way to like change my looks but like yeah my mum very much reined it in but I remember thinking oh like oh guys think I'm cute okay okay cool and I remember and I started going out with a guy in the year above me when I was 14 Oh, an older yeah. man, a so 15 exactly, year old. Exactly. And like all was the he girls. White? Were, was he black? He I mean, was black. Yeah. Okay. So this time by the time I was in secondary school, what I had like it was a more of a mix. There was more like black people in my school, thankfully. Yeah. So I kind of went out with him and he was like the guy everyone fancied mm. and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like we were the B and J of our school. We like, we ran it. Like, and all the girls in his heat year hated me. Mm. because I was oh I'm with this older guy that everybody fancied and he played all the sports he was good at the sports he was a guy that had the cane rolls and like his dad was a doctor so he had money so he had like all the new training he just he was just like the one you wanted to be with and that was the person I was with quite early on I mean we stayed together for like 10 years wow it's so interesting because without knowing you and knowing you when you were this age, there is something about your personality that just makes it so clear that you were popular growing up. Yeah, I know. Like, so it's just like, cool. you yeah. are the popular girl. Like, I don't know. But it's amazing. It's yeah. great. But it's just like, there's something like, I'm not surprised at all. school, our school here wasn't, it's not, it wasn't as like clear cut as it is in America. It was yeah. like the public kids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There was that element of it, but very much... I was like the nice popular person where like I wouldn't say many you, people. You didn't, w- you didn't exclude people. That's why everyone loved yes, you because you made everyone like, feel kind of welcome. Like, oh, yeah. hi guys. And like yeah. kind of like wanted to be like in with all the crews. I mean, there were some parts where like, I thoroughly regret like not being nice to certain people or things like mm-hmm. that. But I was, and I was also, I don't know if you guys have this, where you have every group where you have the shortest person who was the lippiest person. <laughs> of course. I was... I would talk as if I like, was like yeah, I was the fighter. I knew I was the shortest of everyone. I used to kind of want to be the little ruler of everyone. And that we we called ourselves so many different names. We called ourselves Buffer Us. <laughs> what is that? Well, buff you have to so explain to me like UK like, slang. It's like Buff is like sexy. good looking, like sexy sort okay. of thing. Do you and use it for like, men and women? Yeah. Okay. So then it's like a kid's like or toys of us. So we're like, oh we can be buffer us because yeah, we're we're all really <laughs> That's so awful. Oh my God. Oh my God. So yeah, there was like a group of us and it was like black girls, white girls were like a mixed group of girls who were just the like the popular girls, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was that weird dynamic growing up. But I don't think it was anything awful. And then what else was we were popular, but also smart. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So we weren't always that. We weren't the popular girls that were trying to be idiots. You didn't like peak in college. We were always been smart because again, I'm Nigerian. I didn't have the option to not be smart. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't come home and be like, oh, my grades, this. That wasn't an option. Like, so yeah, we were always smart. We were popular. So kids liked us, teachers liked us. Mm -hmm. And I remember because I was quite, again, I was quite lippy and quite like, I was an angry child. I just wanted to fight all the time. So I got like suspended like twice, which is when they like, they kick you out of school for a little bit. But they'll never kick me out permanently because like I was a, I was smart yeah yeah, and yeah. I was like I was a kid that was like so I got suspended like twice my mum's this my mum was not impressed with me is your mum from Nigeria yeah my mum's from Nigeria is there anything from her upbringing that she passed down to you in terms of beauty or like recipes or like using certain my products? mom um it's not necessarily products but my mum has definitely passed down the idea of like looking good mm. like especially for things like church or special occasions. Like I remember growing up, we had church clothes. Yes. We had house clothes and we had going out clothes. So like, and those things don't, they don't, they're not interlinked. They're they're set for what they say. And my my mum now, she's the cutest, but I still live with her and she would get dressed and she'll come into my room and just kind of walk up and down. Mm. Kind of like waiting for me to compliment her or kind of be like, oh, mum, you look nice. That sort of thing. Like, so she, yeah, because she had three girls and we were like, we were were her pride and she Mm. just likes like, when we were, I remember like growing up, my mom didn't have a lot of money. My mom would make sure we always look good. So yes. she would like order things from catalogs and things that don't have like back payments just to make sure that we looked nice and we yep. were presentable. And there was no like we went. So sometimes I go out now and I don't have a handbag on me. Mom would be like, what kind of woman are you? Like, <laughs> why don't you have a handbag? Yeah. Like, what's wrong yeah. with you sort of thing? So she's, she's definitely passed down this, which I like, this unapologetic femininity. Yes. Like you don't be feminine yes. and be part of being feminine. Yes. She's definitely pass that on to me, which is which is great. Pass that on to all of us to be fair. Yeah, that's one that's thing. Amazing. Yeah. She taught me how to do hair. And I remember just growing up, I used my mom to get ready to go out and I'd just sit there like watching her get ready. Mm, I have memories like that. I, too. It's one of my favourite memories, just sitting there, just watching her do makeup. And now look at her makeup is awful. Like she can't do anything. <laughs> She's awful. But then I was like, Oh my right. god, this is amazing. Right. And she always wears like gold lipstick. And since my mom, she wears the same perfume, which is the Chanel number no. five. Oh, it's, it's a very, it's a very particular scent. Yes. It's not for me. No, it's for. I feel like it's quite old womany. Yeah, yeah. And she's always worn that, yeah. and that's just kind of what it's I know her, her to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you smell it and you think of her immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And my mum used to like save for like designer bags and things okay. like that. So like she's definitely always been into the idea of looking good. Yes. And she's brought down the bad habits of excess clothes and shoes to all of her kids. Like we have entirely too much clothes, <laughs> like entirely too much, and it's my mum's fault. One of the things that I always die over when you guys talk about it on your podcast, like when you guys do American accents, I literally <laughs> die because it's, it's so probably cool. like if I tried to do an, an English so accent, cool. like I would never even attempt. But I'm curious to understand like how you think you're because you've spent time in America, yeah. right? You've been to New York, you've been to L.A. Yeah, been to Miami. Miami, and yes. Vegas, actually, yeah. Yes, I've heard about your adventures in the U.S. <laughs> what is your perception of American women and their approach to beauty specifically versus women here? I think it changed. So the closest I think I've seen to London is New York. Yeah, totally. Yes, I think the women in New York are very much like London women in terms of like they spend money on their appearance. They care about beauty. They care about trends and things like that. Whereas other states, I feel like there is a huge thing on hair Mm. in America. And I think that's probably not as much for us here. Hair in terms of like natural hair natural hair weaves and things like okay. that I think that's like that's a ama- I mean it's not like we don't care we just don't have the products yeah. basically so we don't have the resources sort of thing in terms of beauty oh that's quite an interesting one because also I have a huge warped view of American women because of Instagram 
Yes. Do you know and what then, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so like the fake bodies and like yes, love and hip hop and the reality. Like, exactly. Yeah. Which is what I see is this like, oh, there is this like Insta baddie. Yeah. Which is what I see, see a lot of American women is. If I, if I never left England, I would think that's what everybody looked like. So wait, who's like an example of someone? Like, I just want to get a mental like, picture. They're like, Laura Galore. They're no, like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's her name as well? Who I think is actually very beautiful. She's a grandma now. Uh, Bernice, Bernice Burgos. Yeah, yeah, I think she's yeah. stunning. But it's that look. Yeah. And I'm always the, like, like Coke bottle-shaped yeah, body. Yeah, that body. And they're like... Baby hairs laid down. Yeah, and yeah. this sounds awful. And I'm so sorry for all the Americans listening. This kind of like excessive amount of clothes in one outfit. Like, Rashida from Love and Hip Hop does it. She has like 30 million items on for one outfit. <laughs> like, she'll have like leggings, a dress, a fedora hat, military jacket, something else. It's just like, you don't need this many layers. And it's on. all like very tight. Yeah, yeah. and they're just like... It's just a lot. <laughs> like, I feel like Americans don't have that simpleness. No. No, I know. I know. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that style comes as naturally. Yeah, because I even remember growing up and I used to watch like my sweet 16. I'm like, you've got money. Why are you choosing to wear that? <laughs> money does not buy you Yeah, taste. I used to always think, and I feel like London style, we've got quite a unique, I think London to me is very fashionable. Yes. And, and everybody very looks focused. different. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there is like, you can walk down the street and spot about 10 different trends yes. on the same street. Yes. Just because people yes. just kind of yeah. take to what they want or whatever. But yeah, I've always thought like, I always say this about Americans to say bad again, I apologise. It's like, Americans wear like ripped leggings. Like, what is ripped leggings? <laughs> like, that is an awful thing to wear. Is Fashion Nova over here or is that just no, contained it's not over in here the US? I absolutely okay. hate it so I mean, much. I've never, to be fair, I haven't tried Fashion Nova. Maybe I would like it if I tried it. Yeah. But it's just that, like... That look... That extremely low quality of clothing where it's just going to fall apart after wearing yeah. it once. It's and like, I just think it's because everyone wears it. Everyone looks the same. And I'm just like, oh, there's no like individuality. Yeah. Everybody's on the quest to be this insta baddie. Yeah. Which is all which I find quite weird. Do men here follow those women and oh, like, like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My oh, little absolutely. brother like loves that look. And I'm like, what about this super fake? No, no, no. They love it. So it's it's weird because recently, like for the longest time, you didn't. I didn't see fake bodies in London. Mm. I just didn't see it. And now it's over and here. Now, and I'm just like, oh my God, when did, when? I mean, people have always had fake boobs. That's always been a thing. But again, it's been mainly been white women. Yeah. Now it's the fake butts. It's yeah. Like now it's right. I'm just like, oh my God, when did we start doing this? And again, it's definitely the American influence when it comes to body is there a massive influence when it comes to beauty I don't know if it's as much yeah. if I'm honest yeah. like I don't know if it's as much as I feel like in the UK we we know and we're kind of well educated and we've kind of been well educated since we've been reading like teen magazines Yeah. so we've kind of been always been aware of like beauty and everybody here kind of finds what it is that they like and then they take it on I mean there are certain looks there is that Instagram beauty like powder heavy look yes yeah that you see as well again I cannot wait for that to go away but yeah that's also a thing here as well but I think like we're quite very very individualistic like it's kind of like yeah. oh I do what I want yeah. and I just see what happens yeah. sort of thing which is quite nice you do an amazing job of changing up your hair like you'll I be in a short pixie cut them. and then you have like a lot like you go from extreme to yeah, extreme legitimate. yeah when you're wearing your own hair so yeah. I let me let me say from my point of view Sometimes I like my own hair most, but okay. the amount of work that it takes to maintain my own hair yeah. is just like, I'm like, let me put in some braids, mm. some crochet. Like I can't because yeah. it's just too much work. But I think if I'm being honest with myself in terms of like when I think I look best, it's probably when I'm wearing my own hair, Okay, which I feel good about because yeah, I'm like, okay, you nice. should like your own yeah, hair the absolutely. most. Yeah. But it's just too much work. Yeah. Which but, I get. Yeah. 
And so that's why I go to like the more protective styles, yeah. as they call them. Do you have a preference in terms of, because you do so many extremes, so say, do you yeah, feel do. like this is like my best look? I really like me my, when I have my own hair and cut in a pixie. Okay. And I really, straight? Really, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Is straight. your hair, do you relax your so hair? So my hair was natural for two and a half years. How did you find that? Um, I didn't show it really. Mm. So when I first got it, when I did a big chop, I did a big chop and I dyed it blonde. How it's long ago really was this? really weird. So this was about three, three, four years ago now. Oh. I've got a weird relationship with my hair, which is not, which I feel like is not shared by many black people. I, I hold it dear to me, but. I don't hold it as dear to me as everybody else. Like, mm. in terms of, like, for me, my hair is not that big part of my identity of who I am. Mm. It identifies what I look like in terms of how I'm feeling. So my hair, for me, it's like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to change this. That, that's literally how my, I yeah. see my hair. So it's not this. And I don't know if it's weird. It's not like a pride thing for me. So I don't feel, even when I did cut my hair, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, well done, you've got natural. I was like, I'm sorry, but this is not for the culture. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry if this sounds bad. I'm going to have a 22-inch weave tomorrow. It's going to change. Don't yeah. be attached. It's yeah. not for the culture, and I'm doing it because my hair needed a break. And when I relaxed my hair, again, it wasn't this big, powerful moment for me. It was a moment because I went in a big pixie, and I, went, and, I, and I had a set style. So my hair for me is, I love it because of how interchangeable it is. Yeah. I love that I get so many options. But I don't feel an emotional connection to it. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm not emotionally connected to my hair. Okay. Do you think it's a mistake to be emotionally connected to your hair? I feel like because black hair is so politicized, we, black women feel like they have to be. Mm. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like probably more than more actually don't really care. They just want to be able to change it. They want to be able to do what right. they want. They actually don't care that yes. much. But because of this view of like, it's our crown and glory yeah. or we have to be. And because people tell us what to not do with it and what looks not that we feel like no because of that we have to act a certain we have to react a certain way to it but I, I if you're if you are emotionally attached fair yeah. absolutely fine but I just feel like I shouldn't have to be yes. it's not my yes. I'm not making my, my hair is never making a point mm-hmm. do you ever think about if colonization never happened like Take away yeah. all of the white supremacy like if you take away everything we've been conditioned to think about our hair would we still choose to wear our hair this way? Oh, I don't know. I feel like if we didn't wear it any different, our hair would just be what I, what grew out of our head and mm-hmm. we wouldn't manipulate it. It would just be what it is because mm-hmm. we don't know any different sort of thing. But like, I do think we would still, I think we'll be a carrot based like per individual. I still want to look different today. Yes, I think so too. So I think that there's something inherent in all women, which is a desire for change. Yeah. I think what becomes problematic is if you think you are more beautiful, beautiful or yeah, better absolutely. because yeah. it's straight versus... And if you yourself have linked that straightness to yeah. a whiteness or a bitterness, right. I feel like if you just feel like, no, I just fancied it. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's or kind if of you like, like... If you can't go outside yeah, with your, with, without your exactly, wig. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I can and I do often. Yeah. And I change. And when I was natural, I was fine with it. Like... I rocked it natural yeah. by itself. I did it blonde and had it. Like, I'm very much yeah. like, oh, I just want to change. I just, I just want to see. It's weird. It's like I like to like put my face to the test. Like, how much can you hold this? <laughs> like, how pretty yes, are you really? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, like, like just serve yeah, all let's, face. exactly. Let's see that because yeah, I just feel like it's just hair for me. It's yeah. never. It's not that deep, and I don't know. And, and I felt quite like should it be deeper for me? And it no, just kind of like yeah, it just kind of isn't it. 
The well, natural hair community does way too much. Yeah. It does way too yeah, much. Yeah, I think that too. And I think it, in it's doing way too much, it kind of like neglects certain people and certain hair types and whatever. And I'm just like, oh yeah, it's all great if your hair is this kind of type or are we seen to the hair that's not this kind of type and does it have to be styled like this? What if it's not styled like this? So I'm kind of like, I've decided to not concern myself with it. Yeah. Yeah, you. like basically. And it's like, no. I'm not so going to do that with you guys. You're a single woman. I am a single woman. Dating out here in London. <sighs> Sigh. Dressing for men versus dressing for women. <laughs> how how dramatically does it change your approach to getting ready? Oh, absolutely. And I'm not even going to act like it doesn't. Okay. I feel like, I always have this excuse of like, um, I have this leather clot pants. Oh God, I said pants because you're here. Leather pull <laughs> trousers. trousers. Uh, and I love them. I have never met a man who hasn't detested them. <laughs> I'm like, every man that's ever seen me, they're like, what are you wearing? Yeah. This is disgusting sort of thing. But if I was going to date, I'd never wear them. Right. So so when you're getting ready for a date, are you like little black dress? I am quite like, when I'm I'm just very aware of how simple men are. Yes. So, so I'm just like, so basic. Not, yeah, they're so basic. I'm, I'm not even going to make an F. I'm going to wear a black dress that's figure hugging and I know this yeah. is going to be what you want. But then I dated <laughs> men who were kind of like, into looks. Ah, like they're, they yeah, have style. They have edge, style. So I'd sauce, go with a yeah. little bit of a, like a two piece outfit. So it's like a nice suit or like jeans and a nice top rather than a simple dress. But when it's a guy that I don't know, you are relatively basic and this like stretchy material bodycon dress is going to do it for you. Do it for you. I'll just do that. Do you like when men are style? I feel like I have an, like, I don't want you to be too, like, don't try too hard because, like, it's about much. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know? don't like too much. I hate men that over accessorize. It makes me angry. I hate when men constantly wear fedora hats and feel like they're doing something. <laughs> like, honey, you can't just stick a hat on and feel like you've made a statement. Yeah. Like, have you heard of the term hat fishing? No. Oh, oh, yes, of course. I feel like Charlemagne, like, coined this term but like hat fishing is a real thing like when you like try to hide the fact that you have yeah, no hairline yeah yeah and like I quite like I like when a guy is stylish but not too much like we said I quite like uh, jeans and a simple t-shirt yeah. like guy, yeah. like that's not trying too hard yeah. but looks clean yeah and looks good it's something that my brother and I have been talking about because he's like you women are such hypocrites you guys want to express your style and do different hairstyles and do all this stuff but like when it comes to guys you just want them to be super plain in like a nice fitting shirt and nice fitting pants and he's like you want us all to look so cookie cutter like god forbid we try to express ourselves and wear something different and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's that's the thing. I like a little bit of edge. Or yeah. do you know what it is? I actually realised it's not what the guys are wearing. There's just there's there's just a certain guys of guys that have innate sauce in them. Yeah, and they could be wearing a white tee and jeans. Yeah. And innately, they're just very saucy. Yeah, and they just wear. Who's an well. example? Oh, like a famous example. Yeah. I feel like Michael B. Jordan is in quite innately oh. saucy. Okay, but. He could but be an also anything. Very good looking man he could that, be in anything. Yeah, David Beckham is the best dressed man ever, and I well, will say that with my chest. How has he gotten more handsome? He is as he's gotten because older. Because he is a black man. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone's told you this, but David Beckham is a black man, and that's what it is. <laughs> say more. <laughs> and he's just—he just has this sauce, and I don't know what—I don't know where he's got it from and I don't know if it's influences or where yeah. he's where grown did he up. grow up like so is he, he like posh actually he's East London okay. no he's not posh at all okay he's from East London I just feel like he's just he just knows what suits him and yeah. I've met him a few times and he smells amazing mm. like smells absolutely amazing and he just did he like flirt like did he was he like familiar with you so when I met him I was I, I was familiar <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did but I also love Victoria Beckham 
So I'm her. also very like, you know what? No, Be respectful. Like, I'm very respectful yeah. because I love you. I love your wife. And that's what I asked him. I was like, how's Victoria? Yeah. How are the kids? Yeah. And he's looking at me like, you weird eye. But like, that's, that's all I wanted yeah. to know. I want to know yeah. you guys are fine. He's just a very well-dressed man. I just see him at the royal wedding. Oh. Amazing. Amazing. He just looks like money constantly. He's gorgeous. Yeah. But to your point about respect, I remember years and years and years ago, I was at a club in New York and Jay-Z was there. Beyonce was not there. Yeah. And we were at a table and I was seated right next to him. And he was like, no disrespect. Um, can you move down one? And then he had another guy sit in between. Oh. Because it's like, I don't want I don't want a picture. Yeah, I don't want anyone seeing me. And I was just like, you, yes, yes, like yes, allow sir. me to move out of the way. What? It's quite sad that they have to live life like that. But yeah. it's a reality because someone will take a picture and be like, oh, Jay-Z flat. So there's some men and it's yeah. just like, but that's not it. I know. Oh, I, I feel quite sad for him to actually do that. Yeah. Growing up, how much did Naomi Campbell's presence figure into your life? Because I feel like as a as a dark skinned black woman, yeah. Naomi Campbell was like everything, like way more than Tyra. Oh, and she's from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's weird. So Naomi Campbell, not to be honest, I didn't see Naomi until I was a bit older. Really? Because I just kind of like we're quite lucky in the UK to have a lot of quote unquote local celebrities. So for example, I had someone called like Keisha from the Sugar Babes. I know the Sugar Babes. Yeah. And I've always been told that I look like Keisha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. This is a black girl. Yeah. She's cool. Amazing. And I had someone like June Sarpong who was on like on our telly and she always used to have like gloss, like really high shine lip gloss mm-hmm. on. I loved that. Yeah. yeah. So like not until a bit later and it wasn't necessarily Naomi's looks that got me. It was her attitude. And I was like, oh my God, when I'm, if I'm ever famous, I want to be Naomi. Because I feel like she can never surprise you. Mm. Because, oh, of course Naomi did that. Yes. So she doesn't have to be fake because it's just like, well, this is who I am. So take me as I am in it. I don't have the time. And I think she is absolutely stunning. But she's also one woman that I never want to meet. Yes. Or if I, yeah, I don't want to meet her. Herb and Victoria Beckham. I don't, or if I do meet them, I don't want them to be nice to me. Yes, yes, it would I ruin it. I want them to be quite dismissive of me, yeah. like, oh, little girl, go away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, just, I just feel like that's the energy they should bring. Yes. And I just don't want them to ruin that image of me, so I'd rather not. Yeah. But I think she's absolutely stunning. And yeah, it's weird. I, I didn't see her for a long time until I was a bit older. I just, I, I guess because of having my mum and my sisters, mm. I never really had to look outward for beauty, inspirational okay. beauty. You had that like, in your home. I had it at home. Yeah. So I never had to like look for this celebrity that looked like me or anything like that because I very much had it in my home. Career-wise, I had to. Mm-hmm. That I definitely had to look for it. But in terms of like feeling beautiful and feeling like confident, I very much had that at home. Yeah, like it was it it was a bit in, it's ingrained in me that like of course you're studying. Why would that's amazing? That what's you had yeah? That. What's the other option? Yeah, this is actually exciting. Actually, I just interviewed a girl who's yeah. from. London, but I interviewed her in New York. So I'm interested to hear what three beauty trends you really like because okay. I feel like it's different here versus in America. Yeah, okay. One I absolutely like is um, gloss, glossy lips, glossy yes. lips. Yes, everything was so I'm matte for so, so yeah, long. Yeah, and like the uncomfortableness that came with matte. And I'm just like, my lips are so dry, but it's fashion. So yeah. I just have to live with this. So I'm so happy now that it can yeah. be glossy. And it's really like... And because I've got to an age and a stage where I love my lips. Yes. How so old do you mean? I can't ask how old you oh, are. Oh, of course, I'm 29. Okay, just same, 29. Same. Yeah, okay. just 29 two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. So I just love that, like, glass, gloss. What am I talking about? Gloss and just bright in your face. Here I am. I'm absolutely yeah. very, very much into it. And it, I feel like it's really sexy. Yeah, in that of course. Kind of You're like, like I'm not doing too much. And, like... and it just, yeah. 
the, another trend who I I love and I never want to go away is because I can't obtain the other is like a matte face. I am so shiny. <laughs> It makes me sick. Yeah. Like, I always have, like, blotting. blotting papers on me all the time because I'm so shiny. Have you tried the Fenty blotting papers? No, are there any? Yes, is it great? Good. Okay, cool. So, matte face, because I'm very much into skin. Yeah. That's, anytime I meet someone, I'm like, oh, my God, your skin. Because, like, I love makeup, love foundation or whatever, but I love it when foundation looks like skin. Yes, yes. Like, it's just, like, yeah. that trend, I, I don't know if it's a trend or a thing, I just think it's so... Yeah. Yeah, done in, and yeah. you just look, and especially when it's bridal makeup, and you see, it's like, oh my god, you're just your skin. It's your skin. It's yes. just your skin, yes. which is I absolutely love, and it's a classic, and it can never go anywhere. Red lipstick, uh, like what? So who do you go to for your red lipstick? You know what? I'm still. I, I absolutely do love Fenty Stunner. Okay. I do think it's a really, really good red. But nothing's really beat Ruby Woo for me, if I'm honest. Mm. Ruby Woo still has a place in my heart. And they don't make it anymore. I know. And my one's got that left. <laughs> and I'm going to be so gutted once it's done because yeah. that's it. Um, I, I just think red lipstick was the first color lipstick I ever wore. Okay. So that was my introduction to lipstick. And do you do red lipstick during the day? Like yeah, oh, it's, any it's occasion? one of those like, I'm going to make a statement today. Yeah. Or like, I just fancy. I can be in the casual clothes and just bright red lipstick. Because yeah. I just think it looks stunning. Yeah. You also and, have amazing lips. So oh, it's it's one of those things where you're like, I'm just going to emphasize <laughs> I'm just this. Gonna, yeah, and I haven't met a person yet that red lipstick hasn't sued. Yeah, didn't so, there was some dumb rapper in America who yeah. said that it was young though. Yeah, but he said black women like can't no, wear yeah. like red lip, bright lipstick, and I was like, what? It's just it's so never tiring. talk. It's just, yeah, yeah, just shut up. <laughs> just don't talk. I have a thing for when men talk about things they know nothing about. It yeah. really makes me itch. Yeah, I saw and they t- do it so often. Saw a tweet the other day of this guy saying that oh, women pay three hundred pounds for eyelash extension. Well, they don't. Oh, no, it said three hundred pounds for eyelash extension that lasts a couple of hours. <laughs> what are you talking about? Sir. Just shush. Like, yeah. just just don't. Like, you could, but you could also don't. Yes. <laughs> like, and go for the option of don't. Stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah, that. So those are my three. Yes, yeah, skin, lip gloss, and red lipstick. Okay. What about the makeup trends that you're totally over and you want to see go away um, forever? Bacon. I'm so done with that look. The face baking. That, that it's, I just, I absolutely hate it. And, like, I, I was talking to my friend about it and I was like, oh, like, I feel like it's a look that all make no shade a lot of black makeup artists do for black women mm. and I feel like other like other women don't have to go through this process of this kind of it's just so cakey and I'm just like oh can, can we not <laughs> yeah I like, agree can, can you just not can you just like touch it up and just not do this kind of like heavily loaded yeah, you get your makeup done a lot because yeah, you're doing professional things and you're on television now like. oh my god it was the funniest thing the other day so we um, we were on television so I'm always quite wary when I have to get my makeup done especially if I'm not is it going to be a white woman because oh I mean I ask ahead of time yeah I have never and do you bring your own stuff yeah I've never had a white woman not fuck up my face <laughs> Like it is oh, no. never, ha- it's never, never I've happened. Had, I've had good white makeup artists. I've always but... been grey. So from now on, I'm like, no, I'm learning my lesson. I'll bring, I'll bring my foundation with me. I'm like, oh, we well, use this. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm just not letting you're you like, don't open your like, kit. Don't worry about it. You can it's just it. keep it all over there. So I've got we had it, a yeah. show, and we were like, me and Audrey were really concerned. So we like, did our makeup beforehand just in case? <laughs> and then we got there, and like two black girl makeup artists walked, and I was like, you can wipe it all off. <laughs> I feel safe in your arms. Do what you want to do for me. So, yeah. And she didn't do any of that, like, baking stuff. And it just looked like skin. And it just looked so nice. Um, 
This is another trend I hate with all of my heart, which is a cut crease and the eyeshadow. Oh my God. What is that? Like, why? when did that become so popular? I hate it so much. I really dislike it too. I also don't know how to do it, to be fair. I don't know how to do eyeshadow, so I've decided yeah, that I'm not that into it. Like, <laughs> yes. like, yeah, I'm like, is my bias? Yeah. Because like, I don't even I know how do to it. do it. Yeah, exactly. But I also don't like the way it looks. It's so severe, it's, especially on I young girls. It's like, like it. you're young and like just... Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I just think I just think it's too, too much. And yeah. I just, yeah, I'm very, yeah. not very into it yeah. at all. At the same time, though, I love beauty YouTubers. Like, I love Jackie Ina and Patricia yeah. Bright. Patricia yeah. Bright, she's from here, right? Yeah, she is. She's London. Uh, she's actually cool because she's like, I'm not a makeup expert. And she does a quite Which natural fair, approach. Yeah. But I really like watching beauty YouTubers and I like watching the process, but it's just not for me. Yeah, I think that as well. Like, yeah. I, I love it and everything, like, no, I'm not. I'm, I respect I'm it. I'm like, wow, it's I art. I respect it, but I don't like how it looks. Yeah. Like when I see, I'm just like, why have you got? Why have you done that? Yeah. Like you just it's got a random much. line in your eye. Like what? What's? What is this doing? Yeah. Hate it. And my last thing, I hate when people put eye, um, highlighter on the tip of their nose. What is that? Because also... I don't know what it means. <laughs> like I'm just trying to work it's out. Very like jack o' lantern. Like, like I don't get it. Wh- what's that adding to it? Like, I guess it's like a point of your, I guess you're supposed to put highlighter on the points of your face that catch light naturally. So it's like. The points of your nose. It's like your chin, (laughs) your cheekbones, and then like there. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think it's a great idea. I'm not here for it. Yeah. And it can do whatever. Rihanna does highlighter on the tip of her nose. Rihanna can do whatever she wants because she's Rihanna. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. It's like you go to a hair salon and you see people showing pictures of Rihanna and you're like, Rihanna is Rihanna. So anything she does to her hair is. It's just going to be amazing because she's Rihanna. She's, she's Rihanna. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm just not into it. And I just haven't seen it and loved it, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think a lot of those things are on their way up. Yeah. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it is quite nice. Are there any products that are like your absolute must have, like your ride or dies? Yeah, I am big on sunscreen. Okay. Yeah. Big on sunscreen. Like And there's still people that don't understand that black people need sunscreen. Like, please, like <laughs> Any weather, any day, yeah. I use it absolutely yeah. every single day of my life. So it's the Glossier. Um, it's got yellow top on it. Put it in my bag somewhere. What's it called? It's just a Glossier yeah. sunscreen, yeah. and it's invisible, which is great because it doesn't give that grey tinge on black skin, which yeah. is which is amazing. Gee. Yeah, which is exactly what you look for. And there is a benefit um, primer. So I'm very much of the belief that oh, primers are a scam. Uh, like I, I kind of slightly believe that but the benefit poor minimizer I think it's great because yeah. I put it on my skin and I can feel the can ma- that yeah, velvety texture it's, I absolutely love it it's my favourite primer I've ever used and that is like a go-to for me every time I put on makeup that's my thing weirdly enough I still haven't found a foundation that I love have you tried the Fenty foundation? It's not for you. That's fine. I know they've paid you to come to events. I know you can't say anything. I, I love Rihanna in. with all of my heart. I do. I think she's amazing. Yeah. And everybody Tom else Ford has good foundation. It. Do they? The Tom Ford Trace. I think it's called like the Traceless Foundation. Okay. I haven't found because I mix. I mix uh, um, Giorgio Armani mm. and uh, Urban Decay one at the mm. moment and I still don't love it I just haven't found one that I really like yeah, yeah. Charlotte Tilbury also has a surprisingly good range their of magic colors. foundation is really good that's my yeah. winter foundation okay yeah <laughs> because like, yeah just switch up a bit because I'll, yeah. I'll go a bit lighter or like or something like that so that's my winter foundation but yeah at the moment I haven't found one that I'm like oh my god I love this, this is the best thing ever yeah it's a bit mad. one of the things that I really appreciated you talking about recently was this idea of body positivity but accepting your body, but yeah. also being real about the fact that sometimes we're going to look in the mirror and be like, I'm slacking. Yeah. Like I've been eating too much cake. Absolutely. I haven't been going to the gym. Yeah. 
How has your relationship to your body changed over time? It's a weird one. And I've had to learn to, like I was saying earlier, I developed quite early. So like, I grew thighs, I grew a bum, which is gone now, <laughs> and boobs quite early, which meant I had stretch marks quite early. Yes. Yeah, so I had that quite early. And I had to quickly make myself okay with it because other people weren't okay with it. Mm. So people are like, oh my God, what's that in your thing? And I'd be like, what's your problem? So I had to, I had to have that reaction and like, what is your stretch like? Why yeah. don't you get your stretch marks? Everybody has it. It's kind of like I had to have that yeah. counterbalance quite quickly. And my body now, so I have on and off days of it. I'm very aware that I could do better in terms of like, I want to be fitter. Yeah, Not so necessarily. do I. I yeah, think everyone I does. I just want to be fitter sort of thing. And I don't, I don't like, I've learned to love my body because I've accepted it as my home, which I said before, mm. it's kind of like, this is it. This is all, this is it. Like, this is this is my home. This is where I live. This is where me, the person who I love the most, lives. So I have to make the best of it. Yeah. So that's that's how I kind of become okay with it. Like, it's kind of like, if you think of it as a physical home, like, if you know that for the next 30 years, I have to live in this place. You're going to buy nice curtains for it. Yeah. You're going to get a nice sofa. You're going to clean the bath yeah. every so often. Do you know what I mean? You're going to keep you're it clean. You're going to nurture. You're going to nurture yeah. it. You're going to try to make the best of what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's where how I see my body now, that it's like, it's my home. And it's where all, and I might not like it all the time, but it's where all these parts of me that I do like live. Yeah. So just, it's it's great. Accept that's a great it like way that. to think about it. Do you think you're, how do you think you're going to feel about aging? Because... I'm not yet in middle age. I think I'm judgmental about yeah, women yeah, that yeah. try to resist it. But then I'm like, who am I to have a judgment so, about it? Because you don't know how you're going to feel I'm, when you get yes. there. It's weird because I feel like I don't realize that I've aged until I look at old pictures of myself. I'm like, oh, whoa, I've got older sort of thing. So I don't think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be okay with how I age physically, apart from when it comes to be the ableness of it. Okay. So like I won't be able to run as, as I used to or, or like do you know yeah. what I mean or be like quick or something yeah. like that but I think what would bother me more about aging is uh, where I'm at compared to where I think I should be at in terms of like life success career, success yes. that's, that's why I worry about yes. and that's the thing that I battle with myself with all the time but you're so successful I, I oh I don't you don't feel it no I don't really yeah I don't you're I, selling out shows everywhere you've got it's thousands weird. of people and listening it's, to you it's honestly a thing that I like I try to I try to unlearn I try to I just don't feel like I am near it yet what will make you feel like you are I don't know <laughs> which yeah which is just like maybe you should go speak to someone Talani because this might yeah. not be a healthy way to live have life. you done therapy no, I haven't. And for the longest time, I was like, oh, no, it's fine. I don't need it. But I, I definitely will do. Yeah. I just think, I feel like my thought process now makes me realize the importance of it. Yes. I also love, and I'm saying, yes, I, I haven't gone either, but have I'm you, open to it. it. No. People I, talk to me about it all the time, though, as part of their self-care routine. Because um, I thought it was a much bigger thing in America. I think it is very popular in America, but I think amongst women of color, it's not, it's not as yeah. accepted. But don't you feel like, Health as a whole is a new thing for um, black and brown women. Oh, I, I have I have mixed feelings because I feel like so much of like wellness is ingrained in our culture, and then it's like now being co opted by like. Mm, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I feel like in terms of like physical health, like oh oh yeah yeah, my mom never spoke about going to the gym or eating healthy. Like yeah. that was never a conversation. Yeah. Like she ate what she wanted, and she still eats what she wants. And yeah. there was this there's never this element of like yeah. oh, I don't even remember my mom saying that she needs to lose weight. My mom was quite 
she's always had like an amazing perfect figure and she was always in the gym and she like weighed herself every day. Oh, I, I weigh myself every day because Gee. my mom weighed myself, you know, herself Your every day. Your body is amazing. Oh, thank you. I mean, is it good to weigh yourself every day? I don't, I don't know. I think the answer is no. I but it's just weigh myself. Sing- the last time I weighed myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just use your clothes as a yeah, gauge. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Yeah. It's like just a habit Mm-mm. that I just weigh How myself. How do you feel once you weigh? Do you feel... Does the, the number on the scale affect yes. you? Yes. Yes. The only time I've now stopped weighing myself is like right before my period because like yeah, it's I a mess. just no, I'm yeah. just like why that whole yourself? time is a mess because mine is <laughs> coming on time. and I yesterday I cried for about 14 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I Over have nothing. absolutely no idea why. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> and I was like what is wrong with you? And I yeah. just couldn't place it and I'm yeah. just like yeah we're we're coming. Yeah. It's coming. That's what it is. I've been going to acupuncture to deal with my premenstrual symptoms and like regulate my hormones. And one of the things that I've realized that I do that I shouldn't do is actually that week leading up to it to take that as a time for self-care and lean into it and be like, Uh, it's coming. Like, go to bed early. Like, don't. And I like fight it. I'm like, go to the gym. Like, stay active. Yeah. Just use it as a time for yourself. And then you look forward to it almost in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very much of the belief of I can't come and die which is like my general motto of life, Mm. which is I don't, I don't like stress. I mean, who does? But like once anything's just like, oh, to do this, you need to do this 60 million steps. Like, you know what? No. Yeah. I'd rather not. When something starts affecting like my mental or how I feel about myself, I just don't do it, which is not always great, but I just feel like I just have to put me first. And I've realized that like a lot of like, inspirational stuff I saw this thing the other day and it really irritated me it was like your dreams don't care how tired you are and I was like that's such a stupid thing to say that's so annoying (laughs) it's like stupid Twitter comments like people like think they're so deep and like they're not yeah what a stupid thing to say (laughs) like do you realize how stupid this is like go to sleep but like rest yeah 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 what Yes, but on that, like, rise and grind. Like, remember when that was, like, a thing that people kept saying, or, like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's like, No, I'd rather sleep now. Just sleep now. Live a balanced life. Yeah, definitely sleep now. And um, sometimes I don't feel like grinding. I just feel like... Sleeping. I know. Do you get enough sleep? I, I, I don't. don't sleep enough. Mm. I've slept five hours a night for the past week, which I think is probably yeah. adding to like me feeling like really like Uggs in the morning. Like, I woke up this morning and I was oh. like, Brooke, this is not your best. I struggle with sleep because I feel like there are things that I want to do. And sometimes it's not even like, oh, I'm doing work and I'm doing, it's like, I'm just wasting time on the internet. I waste a lot of time on Instagram at night. Like I'm just scrolling through it. I'm like, go to sleep. I just, I just, I'm just looking at it and I'm just like, I just won't go to sleep. I know. I need to, th- and I have, do you have bedtime on your phone? I do. I recently got it. It's like an alarm that goes 15 off. 15 minutes. Like, like go, go to sleep now. I know, but I just, minutes, I just ignore just like, it. Yeah, like, shut up. I do what I want. Ignore <laughs> it. I can't be controlled. I know. I need to figure out how to force myself to go to bed. Like, if I could go to bed at 10.30 every night, I would be a different person. Like, yeah. I'd be so much happier during the day. I I love sleep. It's one of my, I'm anemic, so okay. it's, I, I love it. So yeah. I'm, I'm a nap. I can, when I say nap, I will nap for about two, three hours. Oh, really? So it's not a nap, I can't it's take, sleep. I can't take naps. <gasps> oh I like literally, I haven't taken a nap in like 10 years. I don't oh even know how to. God. Are you okay? When do you nap? This is my thing. It's like, you wake up, you have your day. Like, when are you napping? Oh, weekends I nap. Like, so, so like, on a Sunday, I'd wake up, I'll go to church, come back from church and sleep. And then you wake up. And then wake up and then do the rest of my Sunday. Huh. Yeah. How long is great. the nap? It's, it's entirely too long. It's a sleep. It's like a three hours sleep. 
morning. What time are you going to church in the morning? But like, I'll go to like 10.30 service. It's a Sunday. So it's just like, yeah. it's quite relaxed. And then I'm like, have a bit, come back about 12, sleep till about three. This is totally off topic, but do you want to meet, does the man that you end up with have to go to church? And I said man that's being very heteronormative. I, are you uh, yes, I am, only yeah, interested yeah, in I men? Am, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, religion is a massive thing for me. And for the longest time, I was like, I want someone that's more in the faith than I am. Just because I was like, oh, it's quite selfish. I just want to learn from them or like mm-hmm. I, I want to sort of thing. And I was just like, no, because why can't you be the person to also bring someone yeah. in? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of thing. I want them to definitely like be a Christian. Because definitely. for me, I feel like um, it's just something that's very, very important to me. It always has been. It's how I've been grown up. And it's just kind of like, I feel like I want someone to believe there's something higher in them. Yes. So what if they're religious and God-fearing and all of that, but they're not Christian? Like if they're a devout yeah, Muslim or I, they're I Jewish? Couldn't. I couldn't. Really? It's, so, it's so bad. And it's like, yeah, I just couldn't. Yeah. I just be like, yeah, I because I wanna I want my kids to grow up Christian. And you want them to be baptized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thing. I want all of that stuff for me for my family. So it's just like, no, this this is a thing that I like, I'll be honest. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I, I was I dated a guy and found that he was Muslim. Literally, I found that on the first day and I was like, Oh, well, this is not gonna work. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I said to myself in my head. He could have like, I was like, Well, that's it then. <laughs> like, yeah. Let yeah. me eat this free meal and go home. <laughs> do you have other like hard no's? Like, do they do you know what one is that I think is really bad that a lot of women have? And like I'm kind of guilty of it too, but height. Oh, like, I feel like oh, there are so God, many yes. men that just, like, immediately get discounted yes, because they're oh not, God. like, this arbitrary height that you feel like it has to be a minimum. Height is a big thing for me, and I need to stop being shallow, but you I can't. You really need I to, because think I'm about how even, much you're I'm limiting yourself. I'm not tall. I know. You're, like, this very petite girl. girl, and you're, like— I just want a tall I man. I just I just like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is no other reasoning but vanity. I know. I just think we'll look cuter together. Yeah. Do you have any other things, like— do you care about race? Um, yeah, I only date black men. Really? Yeah. And it's What about David Beckham? I mean, of He's course. He's black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also it's like it's David Beckham. We can give him a pass. He is also very married, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um what, is there a reason for that? I just I just do. That's just who I find. I, I was saying it to my, my friend was trying to ex- like, get me to explain it to her. And I was like, in a weird way, I don't see white men or men from other races. So I can walk into a restaurant and within the first two minutes, I can tell you what every black man in there looks like. Yeah. But you could be like, oh, that guy's cute. And let's say he was a white guy and I wouldn't have noticed because I just haven't looked at him. Is it because you think they're not attracted to you? Partly. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, if you're not going to see me, I'm not going to see you. <laughs> <laughs> like, fine, yeah. like, yeah. you do this. Yeah. Do you care if they're Nigerian? I'm 29. Is no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Before yeah. I was like, yeah, it would be nice. Have you yeah. dated an American guy? So when I've been to America, I've like dated men in America, and it's still like American men that I still talk to oh now. Oh gosh, what do you? American men are a mess. I feel like they don't have style. They don't. <laughs> like that is for sure. They're real. Basic. American men don't have style. The, like no shade. The ones I've met. But no, the one I met in New York was relatively stylish. He was quite a stylish guy. He cares about like things like that. Did he like work in like the industry kind of? Yeah, kind okay, of. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like his thing or whatever. But like American men are cute. They're just very cheesy. <laughs> like it's just... Say more. It's just so... Like it's things like... Oh, this is so disgusting. You guys have a thing about like eating ass. And I'm just like, why are you, t- why are you telling me this? It's like, this is vulgar to me. That like, is a trend that I want to go away in podcasting in general. Like, like very explicit descriptions of sex just, make me so it's uncomfortable. It's just so like that. And it's very, very straight away. Or oh, it's like <laughs> sending like 
pictures of yourself and yeah, you're lifting your top up. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, like dick pics? No, it's just kind of this like, oh, I'm being sexy and smooth. Like, oh, like, like showing abs. Here's my abs and like, oh my look. Gross. Yeah, and I, I cringe very easy. That's such an American guy thing to do. Oh my yeah, God. I'm just, like just, so embarrassed for them. It's just really, and I was sending my friend, she was like, yeah, that's an American thing to do. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's so <laughs> What do you respond when they like, do that? Um, I told one guy, I told a guy, I was like, I cringe really easy, so I don't, I don't like things like this. Like, what did he say? Was he, he like, was like, so you find me cringy? I was like, no, what yeah. I'm saying is like, reflex wise, I just, I'm just not good with things like this. So just yeah. don't, basically. But like, yeah, I, I, I don't mind if he's not Nigerian or not. Like, black is very important to me. Just, just, it just is. But yeah, I don't. I have a lot of like non-negotiables in terms of how you are as a person. Yes, and I love when you give advice on your show. So many of the girls out there are being mistreated and have the lowest standards. Like, it, it, they're getting stood up. They're getting cheated on. They're asking like, "Should I give him a second? And should you're, I stay? And you're always no, just like, no, "No, leave him. You can do better." I love that. Always leave him. Like yeah. once, like once people start showing you things that like, fundamentally you're like, "I can't forgive yes. this," or like, "This is not okay with me." Yes, and so other people it might seem really petty. But like for you, it's a big deal. You shouldn't have to be like, oh, let me just make it work because I really like him. Love yes, it. yes. I always love the quote, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yes, and leave. And it's not, I didn't know that straight away. I had to learn that. Like oh, my yeah. ex showed me who he was plenty of time. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we're in this for the long run. Yeah. I'm going to be a survivor. I'm going to be a ride or die, which I do not believe in anymore. Yeah. I, wish, I shan't do it. Yes, it's very overrated. Yeah, no. What do I get out of this? Yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> final question. Out. Okay. When do you feel most beautiful? When do I feel most beautiful? Okay, cool. So I feel beautiful a lot of times in my life. I feel beautiful when I feel like I'm loved and not necessarily just a romantic love. When I'm with my family, when I'm with my niece and nephew, like I absolutely feel very beautiful and very, I link beauty to, um, might be problematic, to being wanted and needed which is probably a weird thing to do. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah, like I just kind of like, I feel like I see my beauty when I feel like someone else is seeing my beauty as well. So that's, I feel very beautiful then. But I think when I do feel most beautiful, there was something about when I've had my hair freshly came rolled. Okay. It is, I couldn't have no probably makeup on. Probably from your school? Yeah, it's yeah. probably what it is. I could probably have no makeup on or if it's like came rolls for under my wig. But it's just looking at, it's the one time I think I really get to see my face. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the times I don't see my face. Like, I know it sounds dumb because of course you see your face, but it's got hair on it, it's got makeup yeah, on it, it's yeah. got, I don't really get to really look at my face. Yeah. So every time I get fresh camera, I'll, I'll go look in the mirror. Yeah. Because I feel like, oh, here you are. Yes. Sort of thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. just kind of this, like, it's, it allows me like a reconnection to me. Yeah. Which I just really, really enjoy. And I also feel very beautiful on holiday. I think there's something about being waking up when it's really sunny. Yes. And it's somewhere just, warm. Somewhere warm. And I'm waking up. I don't have to reply to this email. I don't have to do this. Yeah. It's just, and you're always on holiday people that you love. Yes. So it was just this niceness of like just waking up on holiday and like my skin always looks so much better because I'm convinced the UK is trying to ruin my skin. The water? Have, the you, water have you put a filter disgusting. on your water? Um, I, I need to do that. Yeah. yeah, the water is disgusting. The weather is disgusting. It's like linted. Like, I could be on holiday, look great, and I step into Gatwick Airport and, like, <laughs> the ugliness, like, takes over me from within. <laughs> I don't know if it's the weather or if it's, like, the realities. of like, okay, this is life now. Yeah, Get back, back to, that to email, reality. Do this, do this. So I definitely feel very beautiful on holiday as well. But, yeah, there's definitely something about getting my hair freshly came old and just looking at my face yeah. and just... I've had I've I've come a long way with my face in terms of like watching it change and accepting it, it being a bit chubby and me like loving my cheekbones or whatever, whatever. So I'm like, I'm happy to just look at it and appreciate it in, in what it is and be like, oh, it's mine. And like, 
I see glimpses of my sister in it. When I smile, I see glimpses of my mum in it. And all these are women that I love and I think are so beautiful. So when I see their face in mine, and because when I'm that raw is when I can see what I look like, so I can really see my mum. I can yes. really see my sister. Yes. And that's what I really love about it. So I think those are the moments. I'm like, oh, you pretty girl. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you Cheers. so much. Thank you. This was great. Thank this you for sharing. Lovely. And thank you for the receipts and for just being thank who you, you are. Because I think you were inspiring so many, thank so you. many young girls, women, men too, all around the world it's, with it's nice. being who you are. Thank you so, so much. And it's really nice that I'm accepted for who I am because it's a journey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved this. All right. Amazing. Intimate and everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.